hello and welcome to Real Talk for Real Women. I'm your girl, Fearless. Welcome back, everyone. We have an exciting and informational show for you today. But before we get started, let's introduce our sisters. Good day, audience. How's it going out there? This is your girl, Sierra Blue. Hello, hello, hello. This is Celia. Great day. This is Madam V. Be blessed in Christ. Amen. Okay, today we have a great subject, but very informative for you all. We want to be talking about, shh, it's a secret. Mental illness in our community. We have a wonderful guest joining us today. We have Miss Bonita, who is a licensed clinical social work that's going to be speaking with us about signs of mental illness. Welcome, Miss Bonita. Welcome, everyone. I am excited to be here to discuss mental health but I'm more excited to be surrounded by such talented ladies um, who are here to educate, to entertain, and ultimately encourage people for all over the world. Um, we do have a very important topic to, to discuss today. Um, so I'm just ready to jump in, answer whatever questions you might have, um, and just have an honest discussion for our listeners and our viewers out there. Excellent, excellent. One of the things, Miss Bonita, that um, in our community, we really don't talk about mental health. Yes, according to the CDC, um, there are more than 50% of people in the United States that will be either diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their lives. Um, there are biological and family history that contribute to that. So whether that's your gene makeup, or whether that is your brain chemistry. Um, there's also life experiences that contribute to our mental health. We've all dealt with the pandemic in some way, shape or form. And according to the CDC, that's also caused an increase of stress and anxiety and depression in our households. Um, so I do wanna talk about a little bit how the pandemic has shaped all of our households. Uh, Sierra Blue, can you give an example of how that might have shaped your household or anybody that you might know of? As people in the society, we've seen so much during this pandemic that I believe we were able to draw on each other's strengths because at that time, the country was crippling. I think that the pandemic really played a huge part in a lot of anxiety and depression, especially if you need to have that social interaction and you were unable to, you know, to have it because of the pandemic. Miss Benita, how do you think uh, someone that may have manifested or had realized that there is something going on with their mental health during this pandemic because of the isolation that a lot of people felt? Yeah, so as you mentioned, it caused an increase of anxiety, it caused an increase of stress, depression. Um, social isolation was a major concern for children, adults, adolescents. Um, also, the absence of the school structure that Sierra Blue was speaking about. Um, not only that, but a lot of our friends and family might have lost their employment um, during that time. And also, too, because we were limited in where we were able to go, you gotta think some people are in unhealthy relationships. So they were stuck in the house with people where they might have um, experienced domestic violence um, or confrontation. 
I know there was also a report that domestic violence increased and there was also an increase of substance use. Um, so during that time, a lot of us had to be creative of how we preserved our mental health um, and how we just had to maintain our well-being. So therapy is, a ther is an option um, or treatment for mental health. So I know a lot of providers had to be more creative in how they provided that service. Um, so that might've looked like virtual sessions that they might've had. Um, so they might've used Microsoft Teams or Zoom. I know a lot of the providers also had to be creative if they didn't have access to the internet or a telephone. So they had to do phone calls. So therapy was an option that people have utilized um, to recover from the pandemic. Hi, yeah, Ms. Benita, this is Celia. Just have a question. How do you tell someone, um, a girlfriend or a friend, that how do you approach them and tell them that you feel like they need to maybe um, speak with someone? If you've been talking to them and they seem like they're just extremely depressed, um, you know, um, how, how do you approach someone that way um, so that they won't, you know, feel defensive or anything like that? Yes, that is a great question. And my first response is to approach any situation with love. So if you notice that, you know, your friend um, might be exhibiting some depression symptoms, you know, come to them as a friend. Um, let them know your observation. Ask them how you can support them. If you have an understanding of mental health, be able to provide them some resources, maybe online. If you have access to this podcast and sharing this information with them, um, but being gentle, but ultimately when I, we talk about mental health and seeking treatment, um, as we said, it's kind of like a hush-hush situation, um, specifically in different cultures and ethnic groups. I would caution you to force or try to impede on their recovery process. Um, I always say that therapy will not be effective unless that person is ready. So as friends, we can provide them with information, you know, approach them with love, give them our support. However, until they are ready to commit, process, um, and engage in treatment, then it won't be effective. But to answer your question, just continue to be their friend and provide that support um, in the best ability that you can. This is Madam V. Uh, one of the questions that I have is what are some of the signs that people should be able to recognize in a person? That's a great question, Madam V. Um, so there's all kinds of mental health disorders, right? So some of the signs might be, um, they might be frustrated. There might be some irritability. People might withdraw from certain activities or social groups. Um, sometimes there's a concern with um, their thought process and just being able to concentrate and focus. There are other concerns with your sleep. So not being able to sleep at night, you know, staying up for several days at a time, um, just a change in their overall appearance. So um, their hygiene, being able to put on clothes, um, fear of blue. Is there anything else that I'm forgetting in regards to how 
what some warning signs might be that your mental health is declining or there might be something going on? Sure, I can add to that. When you're looking at children or adolescents, there may be changes in their school performance. They may have excessive worry. They may have a lot of anxiety about going to school. Um, you're not sure if they're being bullied or they're just don't wanna take a test that day. If it's over and over, there might be some issues. Of course, there's that hyperactivity behavior that you see in younger children as, you know, as young as three or four. Excessive tantrums, um, usually that's a big flag when, you know, tell a child no and they just spaz out, you know, get angry. Frequent disobedience or aggression, you know, they like to fight for some reason. And sometimes you see in the adolescents, you know, they start talking about suicide. They start talking about how they don't want to be here anymore, how things are so rough, how someone is, you know, cyber bullying. That's a big issue, you know, with young teens. Um, overuse of substance abuse. You know, they maybe they drink alcohol or you know they do some drugs, but now they really are pushing the limits. They're going from maybe smoking pot to heroin real quick. So those are just some of the things that may change and um, in the um, overall view of just people. Sierra Blue, hi, this is Celia. Just had a question um, as far as young children, how do you tell a parent that you feel like there may be some issues going on with their child? Because I've seen this um, before where you see signs in someone's child. And like you said, maybe they are being bullied um, at school, but you can just tell that feel some type of way, but you are afraid to approach the parent to say, you know, maybe you need to have your child speak to someone. How do you go about doing that without, you know, um, them getting upset with you or mad at you saying there's nothing wrong with my child when that's a real a disadvantage to the child, but the parent does not want to see that? I would say, Miss um, Cecilia, that you approach them cautiously. Because as a parent, or even myself as a grandparent, you don't want someone to look at your child sideways or with a negative attitude. So you may ask that parent, um, are there any, you know, have you tried some different ways to um, engage your child um, as far as finding out if there really is an issue or the child is eating too much sugar? Sometimes it'd be in our children's diets that causes them to be off, you know, they too much caffeine, it could be, you know, food things, but you also want to get the parent to speak to their doctor, you know, have they been examined? Have they had the questions asked, you know, through their primary physician? You also want to see if the teacher has some feedback. So the more feedback the parent can have, whether it's positive or negative, they can make a sound decision if they want their child to be seen for mental health issues. It doesn't mean that every child that's, you know, hyperactive is ADHD, which, you know, that's the attention deficit. Uh, we don't want to label kids too early, but if I believe education that I'm speaking about for myself is that parents need to have the knowledge of how the child develops. There are plenty of resources. There are plenty of nice books on the shelf that never get read. 
because you know I'm a bookworm, but if they educate themselves about symptoms, how my child should develop at this age and that age and so forth, then they could see that, you know, something might be a little wrong with little, you know, TT, you know, something's going on with his, you know, where he sit at the table and he grunts, you know, every time he eats food or, you know, he's not potty trained by the age of four or he's not, you know, she's not sitting long enough to even talk to her face to face. You know, she's getting up, moving around. She's biting, hitting. All these things are common symptoms of children growing up, but how much is excessive? So that's really sometimes that's what you're looking for, the excessiveness uh, you know, of it and how it relates to that child. So I hope I answered you. Yeah, Sierra Blue, I mean, I can understand what you're saying as a parent you do not want to put a label on your child. And I think that in our community to, you know, to turn the blind eye or try to, you know, fix it ourselves. But like you say, some of those behaviors are sometimes just regular children behavior. How do you differentiate something that is, could possibly be a mental health concern versus normal children behavior? blue touched on a lot of good points so you always want to rule out any medical diagnosis because um, there's several health concerns that can mimic or cause symptoms related to mental health so you know like she said going to your primary care provider ruling out any medical medical concerns um, being knowledgeable of those developmental milestones for youth um, also educating yourself there's several resources, as Sierra Blue mentioned, out there. And then also getting the testing done. Um, you can get psychological testing done. You can get a comprehensive clinical assessment. Um, and that can that gives a biopsychosocial assessment to kind of identify any needs or concerns. And then you can develop a plan with that provider. Um, so I think those are some great ways to kind of be knowledgeable and be aware when we're talking about children or even adults as to where we start. Excellent, excellent. I think that in our community, we definitely need to be more um, proactive when it comes to our mental health and be, um, you know, a more advocate for it because I think that this is a great opportunity for us to continue to develop, to educate and inform one another that it's not a secret, it's not shameful your mental health is something that is extremely important for your quality of life. So don't be afraid to ask for help. What are some of the resources that they can, can reach out to um, that you feel that uh, anyone that feels that they may have a concern that they can maybe contact someone? This is Sierra Blue. Um, there is a number and a website that is full, I mean, full of information very simple information for anyone to read. But that alliance is called National Alliance on Mental Health. And in the mental health world, we call it NAMI. NAMI recognizes that other organizations are drawing distinctions between that diagnosis or considered mental health conditions, as opposed to mental illnesses. And they intentionally use the term mental health conditions and mental health illnesses interchangeably because they want to educate the public. That is their biggest goal. Uh, mental health and mental health illnesses, they can differ, 
So that uh, website, of course, is, and it's pretty long, audience. So if for some reason you don't get it while we're speaking, it will be on our website, you know, www.realtalkforrealwomen.com. But this is the website. It is NAMI, which is N-A-M-I dot org, the backslash about slash mental slash illness slash mental dash health dot conditions. It is long, but this will be on the website. You can also call their helpline. It's 800-950-NAMI. You can text them. So you can text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741-741. The most important thing with these resources is if you feel you are affected or someone you love or someone you even know is affected by mental illness, you can help them out by connecting them to the resources. Excellent. Thank you, Sierra Blue. Uh, Miss Benita, what are some things that, um, as a loved one of someone that may be seeing some things that um, is very concerning? Yeah, I think the first part, you've mentioned a lot of great things, is debunking those stereotypes. You know, as you mentioned earlier, it's kind of been don't ask, don't tell. Um, there's some stereotypes that Black people don't deal with mental illness or go to therapy or that you can just pray it away. Um, but debunking stereotypes, debunking that stigma. So there might be the notation that mental health means that you're weak or mental health, there's a lot of shame associated with that. Or I've even heard people say that means that you're crazy. But those are false narratives that ultimately deserve people from getting the help um, and the treatment that they need. Also, as everyone mentioned, just educating yourself. Do your research. Um, there's all kinds of things people can do to improve their quality of health and their wellness, um, even outside of going to therapy. So um, being involved in a faith-based community, being social, having a podcast with your friends, um, exercising, eating a balanced diet, um, all those things can improve the quality of your health. But I think it's very important that you're patient with yourself and your friends um, and you ask the questions that you need card and you can call your customer service representative and they should be able to connect you to um, their contracted providers. Also to a lot of employers have the EPA, so they have opportunities where you can engage in therapy for a couple of free sessions, and then your insurance can kick in. I know if you have Medicaid benefits, North Carolina just went through Medicaid transformation, which opened the door for uh, different providers to be able to manage the Medicaid dollars. So just contacting your management organization companies or your providers to see what resources are available. Also too, if you don't have insurance, there are some agencies that provide pro bono work. There's also agencies that provide sliding scale fees. And then there is a, for most state, um, state funds that will help to cover your mental health services 
based on your income. Um, so just as a friend, as a peer, as a family member, if you see someone dealing with mental health, just be patient with them and just explore various um, resources that are available. Thank you, Ms. Benita. As you can see, a lot of resources that are out there to be able to assist you or a family member. Um, please, please, please access them. Um, that's the whole purpose of Real Talk for Real Women. We want to um, bring just some information to you and share some things with you that's going to help not just make you laugh, but that's going to help you mentally. And I think that a lot of us go through some things and we don't know what to seek to help. A lot of information. If you just want to talk to someone, um, like Ms. Benita says, if you're a full-time employee, there's employee assistance program. And a lot of times they will give you a lot of sessions that you can actually speak to someone. So this is Sierra Blue. I would like to add is that when you start taking care of yourself, you are taking care of your mental, your spiritual, and your body. And that starts really with you adjusting some things in your life. We can all de-stress. That looks like, you know, either getting massages, also getting to bed on time, get at least, if you can, seven to eight hours of sleep or more if you can. Also um, doing things for yourself, like doing activity that you enjoy. You know, I, I, I appreciate doing puzzles. It's good for the mental stimulation, doing the written puzzles. Also walking, running, exercising of any caliber, which will help stimulate endorphins, because that's just like eating chocolate. You know, it does something to your soul when you eat that chocolate, at least for me it is. But do things that can improve your well-being. Find positive things to look at and read. Find positive people or be around more positive people. And if you don't have anyone that's really that supportive, there is definitely hotlines for support groups. You can always find support from your church. You can always find support within the community. Because when we're going through all of this um, pandemic, you know, that's, uh, I guess, showing signs, more people showing signs of mental health illnesses, it didn't just stay hidden. It's probably been a, you know, we've probably all been dealing with something that we probably didn't look at it was mental illness. It could be any kind of a dysfunctional child for you that you grew up in. So you want to continue to take care of yourself so you can, you know, do the best you can for your own family. If you have family members, that way you are kind of being proactive because you want to be proactive with mental health. And if you are ever diagnosed with a mental illness, don't stop taking care of yourself. I think that's Absolutely. a great point, Sierra Blue. Um, I read on the Global Wellness Institute, mental health wellness can coexist with mental illness. And I think that's very important to take in. Um, it also talks about how it's a lifelong process. So not doing something for a couple weeks or a month. Um, it's important to stay proactive and develop those strategy, strategies um, to strengthen your mental, emotional, and psychological well-being. So, great point. Also, um, Miss Benita and Sierra Blue, I know that with the pandemic and people being isolated, if you have a tendency to have suicidal thoughts, 
what are some some resources that someone is having some suicidal thoughts or tendencies? I believe this Sarah Blue. I believe that suicide is one of those things that you don't know if someone is really thinking about killing themselves, if they're really going to do it. Sometimes people leave little, I guess, hints or they drop a, a line, you know, that life is not worth living. You may see them depressed and, and they may start out being just, you know, sad. And then all of a sudden it goes deeper into losing interest in life altogether. You, and I think as a, as a society, we have to, like I said, education is the key. You have to know when someone is seriously thinking about planning and going to attempt to kill themselves. Now, I mean this with all my heart. You cannot stop someone if they actually wants to kill themselves. What I mean is they will go off. They may do it when nobody's around. They may do it when you're not paying them any attention. But if they really want to do it, they will do it. You do have people that are suffering in silence and they are planning in their head. They've already made the time, the date, whatever, and they're going to do it. Then you have people that want attention and they throw out the word, I'm going to kill myself. Nobody loves me. I can't do it no more. But unfortunately, they may be crying wolf for a little while and then they actually do it. Because crying wolf is just, they say it so much, you get tired of hearing it because they're, they're suffering, I'm suffering from hearing it, and it becomes all about you. It's not about us ever, it's about them, what they're going through. So we have to be vigilant when you're around people that you know are suffering some kind of way. They may have lost their job, they may be going through a divorce, their children may be sick, they may have lost connection with family members. We just gotta be aware of ourselves and what that person may be going through. So I think that for suicide that I'm looking at it is that we have to always create a safe space for someone that might be telling you they wanna die or that they don't wanna live anymore. And we have to show that we care. We may be tired. We may be going through something ourselves, but when somebody really wanna commit suicide, we need to pay attention and we need to make sure we connect them to either a hotline for suicide or we need to call a mental health professional because there are crisis lines out there that you can use all the time in your community. You just have to be connected. And sometimes that person is so good at what they do, they can talk that person down to live another day. And that's basically all you're trying to do is just help them live through that moment and see if they push it a little bit longer for things to improve. What do you have to say about that, Miss Bonita? Unfortunately, suicide has become the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Um, the rate is higher for white males, typically middle age, um, and the use is usually completed by some type of firearm. Um, I think when we talk about suicide prevention, it's important to be careful what language we use um, when we're speaking to someone because um, it's not for us to judge if they are going to do it or not. It's up to us to support um, and be able to get them the treatment that they need. 
So whether that is calling 911, if you suspect any concerns, you can always walk into your local ED um, for help and they should be able to complete some type of psychiatric assessment. Um, as mentioned, there are mobile crisis um, agencies. Sometimes they're able to come out to your home. There are facility-based crisis centers in the community. Um, so yes, we, there are hotlines that you can call for support. I know there's a national suicide hotline that you can call um, just to speak to someone about any concerns. And also to just as basic knowledge, there are there is a difference between suicidal ideation and then suicidal attempt, like a suicide attempt. Um, but of course, that's up to a professional to distinguish which plan or treatment will be best when those things are endorsed. Well, a lot of great information that um, you all have shared with us today. Um, Sierra Blue and Miss Benita, are there any kind of words of encouragement that you can share with our listeners for someone that may be experiencing some mental health concerns? This Sierra Blue, um, I would like to say you are a very important person and you deserve to get help if you are suffering in silence. Therapy, you know, it's, it's as good as you make it. If you go through therapy, you're gonna come out a different person because you're gonna do the work it takes. So I would say that if you think you're going through something emotionally, you know, there is trauma that people go through and you can't shake it for some reason, you're losing sleep over it, you know is making you more depressed those could be silent symptoms and you just need to reach out to your uh, primary physician to give you a referral to have someone do the testing so that they can come out and give you what they feel is the best treatment for you it don't always have to be medications i know there's stigma out there about medications and there are medications that do work with people who have mental illnesses. It may be short term. You deserve it all. You deserve the best. So don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, and just piggyback off that, um, we all have our stuff that impacts how we function. Um, when that stuff builds up long enough, um, it starts to affect our thoughts, which will ultimately affect our feelings and behaviors. So seek help. You're not alone. Help could look like various things, as Ms. Sierra Blue says. So that could be therapy, that could be medication management, that could be some holistic approach. But know you're not alone. Know that there are resources out there and educate yourself and also have a preference. You know, if you do seek therapy, do you want a male or female therapist? Do Does their race matter? Um, it's important that you find the best fit for you um, so that you can have a good therapeutic relationship with that provider. Awesome. Thank you, Miss Benita, and thank you, Sierra Blue. Uh, this has been, shh, it's a secret. It can no longer be a secret. We have to be able to speak about it. We have to be able to act upon it. We have to be able to care and support our loved ones and ourselves. Um, a lot of resources that are out there, NAMI.org, that will also be on our website. Their telephone number is 1-800-950-NAMI. 
which is 1-800-950-6264. This has been Real Talk for Real Women. We thank Ms. Benita um, as our guest today, who is a licensed clinical social worker. The insight that you gave us and shared with our, our audiences is priceless. So thank you so much. And Sierra Blue, of course, um, one of the sisters that are on here, this is something that's really dear um, to all of us. And we wanna encourage all of our listeners and your loved ones, please get the help. You deserve it. Thank you.